0: Hey there. Welcome back. How are you doing? I right? see it's 344K. Even though that's just law enforcement. So thank you, pig. Thank you, piggies. Mm, let's see here. Ashcraft, rankles, veterans. Mm. Mmm. Really carson. This show oh. Out, tell Max I refer you to him about a business investment that will change your financial life. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's fake. It's really fake. Mm-hmm. Tell Max. That's the message mm-hmm. from Philip Carson official. Zero, Billy Carson. Billy Carson officially. Mm. Zero. Billy Carson officially. Zero. Mm. Like really him. You can't even form a basic sentence with the correct spelling of words. Why the hell would anyone want that as a sheriff? <laughs> Troll. I mean the pigs are already smooth smooth brained enough. They don't need you and then making them even dumber. Talking about saying with the correct spelling of words. <laughs> what are you talking about?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay uh Let's check in with with what is touch. Fox panel loses it after cohost explains how unpopular Diaper Don is.
2: For fifty-four years, they were trying to get. Roe v. Wade terminated, and I did it, and I'm proud to have done it. Historic action to protect the unborn like nobody has ever done. Nobody has ever done
3: it. She gave us a preview of the final push she was speaking last night. Talked about getting rid of Roe, how everyone's happy about that. We know from all of the turnout in the special elections that that is not true. She said
4: if it gets between Donald Trump and Joe Biden again, you will vote for who?
0: I will vote for President Biden. I have five grandchildren, four of them are girls, and
3: I'm very concerned about women's issues and democracy. Forcing school prayer—something hugely unpopular. You can talk about migrants streaming okay. down Steak Mountain. You, you can hold on. That. No, you're talking the, about. You want to win the election, right? You, you right. don't want to just win the primary. But I'm not pleased with the enthusiasm of the Trump base. They are going to show up, and that is what would make me nervous. Yeah, but they showed up in 2020, and and Trump lost. They-
5: I mean, they just keep offering her alleys to oop. So who am I to not bring you each and every one with a dose of Scottish sarcasm?
3: I'm surprised that they have this high of a threshold for humiliation. He was lying because the Russians were feeding him the disinformation. Mm. It's so embarrassing.
5: In the wake of Trump's most recent rally, in which he showed up over an hour and a half late, slurring his way through his speech, I mean, just imagine the coverage if Biden had this much trouble saying
2: evangelical. love of Christ, the stories of the Holy Bible, and the voices of famed evangelical people and evangelists,
5: evangelists like... Evangelical, Donnie. You know, that religious group that loves you, even though you could not quote a single passage from the Bible. You're going to believe in God because God is
2: here and God is watching. God is watching. And God probably can't believe what he's...
6: I'm wondering what one or two of your most favored Bible uh, verses are well, I, why. I
2: wouldn't want to get into it because to me that's very personal. You know, Old Testament
6: guy or New Testament guy?
5: Uh, probably equal. But again... I couldn't care less about the gaff-offs. I want to talk about substance. And while it's hard to grasp any from Trump's ramblings, I wanted to first go to the intro from one of his minions who touted their Project 2025 agenda, which if you haven't heard, includes a de facto national abortion ban, puts Medicare on a path to privatization, and seeks to end marriage equality. You know, all the popular stuff.
6: We've been working with all of them on one project, since soon after Joe Biden took the oath of office, before any conservative presidential candidates had even entered the race. As my friend and colleague Paul Dans before talked about briefly, our Project 2025 has developed a comprehensive policy agenda, but even more importantly, recruiting people, 20,000 people, to go into the next administration, hopefully, to help take back this country.
5: Well, in response to this, Jessica Talov moved from her usual spot on Fox News the 5 to give a fresh panel a dose of reality on th- this very subject, that Donald Trump continues to brag about things that are actually wildly unpopular.
3: Donald Trump gave us a preview of the final push. He was speaking last night, talking about getting rid of Roe how everyone's happy about that. We know from all of the turnout in the special elections that that is not true. Yes. Let me do this.
2: Donald Trump lost in 2007, oh, 2018, 2019, 2020, <laughs> 2021, 2022, 2023,
3: <laughs> and last night. Wow. Okay. Forcing school prayer, something hugely
2: unpopular. Freedom, worship does not end at the door at a public school. And I supported school prayer, very important school prayer, which we forced, unfortunately, had to force into some schools. It should be very easy. You would think it would be very easy, but it wasn't. But we did it. Uh, you talk about migrants streaming you can, down
3: State Mountain. You can, Hold there, on. No, you're talking the, about you want to win the election, right? You right. don't want to just win the primary? January 6th, there's our hostages. No, the hostages are in Jessica. Gaza. And the Department of Education Jessica, but, being whittled down to one person and to respects, ensure we all speak English. And all due respect, you know, the, the talk that you bring up has not worked. I mean, you look at every national poll, minus Quinnipiac, President Trump is prevailing in them. Then why that is, is he, why is President Biden down just one point nine points in the real politics average? The cherry picking. he holds what it is. So we the you that know no, Barack Obama was down five. To Mitt Mitt why I is higher. I don't remember the administration is, at he all. Needs, he needs a reset. He knows it. The State of the Union is supposed to be the reset. We will see. OK. Is the reset. State I can't wait to... Visit. I would advise changing the rhetoric. As if I'm Biden and I'm looking at this, Jessica, I, I'm very pleased with my fundraising, I'm pleased yeah. with my mail-in vote operation in the midterms, I'm pleased with my TikTok social media operation, <laughs> but I'm not pleased with the enthusiasm of the Trump base. They are going to show up, and that is what would make me nervous. Yeah, but they showed up in 2020 and and Trump lost. <laughs> <laughs>
5: this project 2025 on day one. And while it may be hard for him to articulate what it entails, let's actually take a closer look at who is making up this legislation.
7: Right now, the Heritage Foundation's 2025 Presidential Transition Project, a sprawling coalition made up of nearly 100 anti-abortion and conservative groups, is in the process of designing a far-reaching anti-abortion agenda for Trump's second term. They're drafting executive orders Trump could use to roll back abortion protections, orders that he could implement as early as they one. Under a second Trump term, federal agencies could be empowered to end telemedicine for abortion pills. They could penalize and prosecute virtual clinics that prescribe abortion pills to patients in states with a ban. Federal agencies could stop health clinics that receive federal family planning funds from advising patients of all their options, including abortion, and... They could classify ingredients in abortion pills as so-called forever chemicals, which of course are subject to stricter regulations. They also want to require doctors who prescribe the pill, even for miscarriages, to collect and dispose of the aborted fetus. But there's more.
8: Project the 2025
7: fuck? is also pushing Trump to enforce a 19th century era law known as Comstock Act, which could not only cut access to the pills used in the majority of abortions, but access to the medical equipment used for the procedure. and Of course, strict enforcement of the law could lead to criminal it's prosecutions crazy. of both providers and patients. And yes, they're also going after medically necessary abortions, calling on Trump to rescind Biden administration guidance that requires hospitals to offer abortions to patients experiencing medical emergencies, regardless of state bans on the procedure. For many, that can be a matter of life and death.
5: Project 2025 plan is made up of nearly 100 anti-abortion and MAGA groups and is in the process of designing a far-reaching anti-abortion agenda for Trump's second term. They're literally drafting
7: executive orders for Trump to roll back freedoms on day one. So do not let Donald Trump fool you with the so-called moderate talk on abortion, because a second Trump term, regardless of the makeup of the Congress or the courts, would be disastrous for the future of reproductive rights in this country come 2025. With the stroke of a pen this fast, the man responsible for the fall of Roe could go even further, gutting what's left of abortion access in the U.S. Now,
5: do you understand why I'm so bent on focusing not so much on the things that he mispronounces, but the action that he plans to take if he's allowed a second term? Honestly, they're both old. Who gives a shite? We're here to discuss which of them is likely to give more rights to an embryo a woman do
3: you have a reaction to the alabama supreme court ruling on the fact that embryos are children
5: yeah i was all for it we need to have more
4: kids we need to have an opportunity to do that and then i thought this was the right thing to do but
3: ivf is used to have more children and right now ivf services are paused at some of the clinics in alabama aren't you concerned that this could impact people who are trying to have kids
4: well that's for that's for another conversation people need to have that we need more kids we need the people to to have the opportunity to have kids.
3: what do you say to the women right now in Alabama who no longer have access to IVF,
4: who will not
9: <laughs> as a result of this?
4: What do you say to them? Well, <coughs> that's a hard one. It really is. It's really hard. Because, uh, again, you want people to have that opportunity. And, and that's why I was telling her, we
5: need more kids. Because make no mistake, right, the latest ruling in Alabama that seeks to criminalize IVF is all a ripple effect from the Supreme Court Trump stat with a medieval outlook that is soon to be reality across America. Rome was just the start. So while Jessica Talov is on hand to remind the odd viewer that slips through the cracks on Fox, the majority of Americans are actually against these decisions. It's on us to remind everyone else because a nationwide abortion ban is firmly on the ballot in November.
8: Well, he can run, but he can't hide from his words. And what is coming out now? And finally, in the public discourse, is the stark contrast between the president we have, the president who is committed to women's rights, something here in the state of New York we've been fighting for since the first women's convention, 1848, it's in our DNA to fight for women's rights. So then contrast that with someone who, yes, take him at his word. He said he was going to stack the Supreme Court with pro-life justices. He said he was going to overturn Roe v. Wade. So why wouldn't we believe him now when he says that if he were to be elected in some doomsday scenario for our country, but if he was the next president of the United States, heaven forbid every woman in this country, regardless of what their governors are trying to do to protect them, would be washed out. They would be losing their rights. And to me, that's abhorrent. My mother fought for these rights. I fought for these rights. My daughter and my newborn baby granddaughter, should have the rights that were fought for and not stripped away by a man named Donald.
6: Love this video. Make sure you stay up to date on the latest breaking news and all things Midas by signing up to the Midas Touch newsletter at midastouch.com/newsletter.
0: Carrie, hmm.
1: come on, ladies, wake up. Defund Viagra.
0: Defund Viagra. Smile on. Let's see here. <clears throat> I think I'll share it with Facebook too.
9: Okay.
0: Let's see what much what else much touches up to. Supreme Court finally ready for a decision on diaper don. Diaper don and Maggie quickly betray the entire world with the latest moves.
7: Hi, I'm Nicole Hockley from Sandy Hook Promise. I know this is hard to hear, but it's important.
4: We forced this issue. We kept forcing NATO all the way to Eastern Europe, and uh, Putin just got tired of it. He said, "Listen, I do not want missiles on my border from the United States of America. It'd be like." Russia coming to Mexico and putting missiles in Mexico. Uh, i understand going to what he's talking about. You can tell Putin's on top of his game. One thing he said that it, it really rung a bell is our the propaganda media machine over here, they sell anything they possibly can to go after Russia. They can't win. It's not going to
10: happen. Somebody needs to negotiate. Donald Trump will have it over with in a matter of weeks. There you have it. Senator Tommy Tuberville, the senator from Florida, well, technically Alabama, but lives in Florida, sharing the precise Russian talking points over and over. It's now been over two years since the brutal invasion of Ukraine, and they remain defiant, even as the Republic Party here does everything it can to help Vladimir Putin. To mark the anniversary, to I want to have a short talk, which will be a new series of things we do here for On Democracy, with journalist Tim Mack. He's been on the show before. He's based in Ukraine, and he's been covering the war up close and literally personally since it started. So I'm so excited. Uh, welcome Tim to the show. Um, let's get going. Tim, man, it's so good to connect with you on this important and Don't sad anniversary. That
0: back to the beginning.
4: This issue, we kept forcing NATO all the way to Eastern Europe and uh, Putin just got tired of it. He said, listen, I do not want missiles on my border from the United States of America. It'd be like Russia coming to Mexico and putting missiles in Mexico. Uh, I understand what what he's talking about. You can tell Putin's on top of his game. One thing he said that it really rung a bell is the propaganda media machine over here, they sell anything they possibly can to go after Russia. They can't win. It's not going to happen. Somebody needs to negotiate. Donald Trump will have it over with in a matter of
10: weeks. There you have it. Senator Tommy Tuberville, the senator from Florida, well, technically Alabama, but lives in Florida, Sharing the precise Russian talking points over and over. It's now been over two years since the brutal invasion and they remain defined, even as the Republican Party here does everything it can to help flag Putin. To mark the anniversary of anniversary I want to have a short talk, which will be a new series of another called with journalist Tim Mack. He's done a show before based in the Ukraine. We'll He's the war up close and literally personally since it started. I'm so excited. Uh, you're starting to speak your language. Uh, let's I love the man, It's so good to connect with you on this important and sad anniversary. I mean, I can't believe it's was in two years. You always open your morning the same way. I, I follow you adamantly. You know, just all, every day. I start every day off with good morning to readers. key remains in Ukrainian hands. And in those early days, that wasn't always a sure thing. You know, it, 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 and now I think I feel like we hear the two anniversary. It might not be a death. I mean, we are we in danger. I guess I want to start you – know, I opened the show you – know, I opened the interview uh, with a clip of Tommy Tupperville essentially parroting you know, Putin's talking points. And what do you think when you see U.S. Law- lawmakers like Tupperville and J.D. Vance parroting these Russian
11: talking points that Ukraine can't win? Yeah, this two-year anniversary, Mark, is a great time to reflect on exactly how do we get into this bizarre space, right, two yeah. years ago when the full-scale invasion uh, – First erupted, and 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 Russia decided that it would break all established, you know, international norms and try to take territory by force, start a war over it, over some historical grievances that aren't even legitimate. Yeah. Um, everyone, everyone, uh, whether inside Ukraine, outside Ukraine, uh, was generally pretty agreed upon the fact that Russia was the aggressor. Ukraine was defending the values we can all agree on, those of democracy and a free people trying to make their own decisions. Yep. And now here we are two years later, and what Putin has really relied on this entire time as his strategic thinking is that if they keep going long enough, they will be able to kind of cut off enough people who are not that interested in this particular topic They'll be able to cut off some other people for uh, various other uh, reasons due to Russian propaganda, Russian talking points, uh, folks who are more isolationist, folks who can be convinced on A, B, and C, Where's the money? Uh, people like Tucker Carlson. Right. Um, that, that over time, people just won't care enough or will even be able to be persuadable to be against uh, you know, against the Ukrainian cause. It's a really sad and a really notable point, you know, in the war right now, that even as a democratic country is going through it and seeing tremendous sacrifice in blood and sweat and funds and money and time, and I see it every day uh, that um, the rest of the world, in, in particular the United States, can't seem to live up to its promise to support Ukraine till the end. I mean, these this has tremendous long-term effects that we could be going into a scenario where the United States, which had, until this point had been looking at a strategic victory and, and weakening yeah. one of its major strategic opponents, yeah. is now coming into a situation where they could be facing a strategic defeat in that Ukrainians feel, and will certainly feel, epically betrayed um, uh, if if the United States doesn't follow through with its word and and deliver aid. And many Ukrainians will actually forget senators. Ukrainians may may be vulnerable to the Russian talking point or the Chinese talking point. You can't trust the United States because when they say they're going to be there for you, They're really going to be there for you only as long as their attention span allows. And they don't have any sort of long-term strategic vision. You can't trust their word. And frankly speaking, if the United States doesn't follow through with what it said it would do, then there's there's a point there, isn't there? Right. I mean, you can't argue it. I mean, here we are. This is a real risk. This is a real risk. And so the decision hasn't been made, but every day it seems like the United States is getting closer to a position where... There will be no aid forthcoming, and those promises will not be met. And that's a very dangerous, dangerous uh, day indeed, because it has implications not only for Ukraine. It has implications all across Europe and in Asia, for example, places where the United States has made commitments. And there's this kind of siren song of authoritarian saying, you can't trust them. You can't trust them. That's the real risk here.
10: Yeah. And, and and you follow closely. I will see you write the counteroffensive, I read it added, you know, avidly. Um, you just came out with I mean, here we are two years. I think no one expected on those early days they would survive that. I mean, if you, it, it is easy to, it's easy to forget those early days. And as we talk about the situation out here today, people have doubted Ukraine from the start, right? I mean, they, they, they thought it would fall. Our own military assessed they'd fall in three days. Everyone thought it was going to be a quick battle. But the Ukrainians fought, and I think no one expected that. Uh, and you just published a fascinating story on, on the counteroffensive in depth about the battle for Kyiv and just how... Cl- I mean, you know, I'm reading this thing and just, just how close it was at times and what saved the day and what may have turned that back. You know, take us back to those early days from the anniversary of that first battle north of Kiev and what you guys found in your extensive reporting on that key battle.
5: This grandpa turned his dusty house into a fresh air paradise without lifting a finger. My wife had been suffering from allergy symptoms for years. Something about the air inside our home was causing her to constantly sneeze and cough. I was so alarmed I almost called 911. What started out as common allergies quickly turned into a full-blown sickness. Our friends at...
11: Yeah, so we spent the better part of a year gathering eyewitness accounts and talking to people who fought at this epic battle, this, this, this really important, I, I consider it the most important battle of the war so far. It's a battle yeah. called the Battle of Antonov <laughs> Airfield, and it took place northwest of Kiev, about 60 kilometers away from the city center. And yeah. what was so strategic and important there was that there was an airfield there that was normally used for cargo and flight testing, a really long air, uh, airfield. Um, and the Russian strategic objective, or, or their objective that day was to take this airfield and then use it to bring in uh, about 18 huge cargo planes with a thousand troops on it, armored vehicles, and use that as an air bridge. So they wouldn't have to get bogged down as they ultimately did get bogged down right. on the roads for, uh, north of Kiev. So the, 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 the story that we wrote um, uh, on the counteroffensive, which you can read at counteroffensive.news. Um, is all about is all about how that happened, how the Ukrainians were able to deny Russian special operations forces. These these Ukrainian forces were non combat troops, not really meant for any sort of airfield defense. They fought off um, the VDV, the the, the um, Russian elite airborne troops, um, using nothing more than small arms against. Um, against armored helicopters. There was, there's one anecdote in our reporting about how one soldier on the Ukrainian side ran out of ammo and was dry, was shuttling ammo to and from the airfield as the battle was going on. And without, anything, without any rounds in his rifle to fire, he spots uh, some Russian soldiers at the side of the airfield and he just hits the gas in his black BMW and runs them over. Um, that's how BMW for the win. <laughs> that's how desperate that. They should you know, do
10: a commercial. They should do a commercial. BMW, <laughs> not just fast
11: in the road, also runs down um, Russian soldiers. Um, But like, I, I think that says something about yeah. whether you know. It, and and here's the lesson for me in that, and how that applies to today, is that the, the United States in the West can choose to support Ukraine or not. There, there was a, there was a, you know there was a quote that I heard early in the full-scale invasion that as long as there is a 12-year-old boy with a plastic butter knife in Ukraine, there's going to be resistance. Like, um, and you can, but no one wants, you know, I, I don't think anyone with any sort of conscience wants this to be that kind of resistance. And the United yeah. States is an opportunity to, you know, uh, to, to have a major strategic win by making sure that, it's not 12-year-old boys with uh, plastic butter knives, it's, uh, it's uh, military-age males with the appropriate armored vehicles, drones, and missiles that they need to fight back this Russian invasion.
10: Yeah, and, and without that then you know again i think we i want to circle back what we said at the beginning is you know what what is america's reputation in the world what is the west what is nato's reputation in the world if we allow this to continue uh, allow them to fail so bringing it back to today and you said it right you kind of touched on it you know Ukrainians had a retreat from a key city last week um reports are they're running out of ammunition i mean we have we've burned up all the money we're, we're, we're trying to find clever ways giving money to allies who then give it to give their own equipment to the ukrainians i mean I'll, I'll give biden the administration the department of defense credit and started state department credit for trying to find clever ways to get around the obtuseness of our own congress every way legally possible we're not going to do a reagan i imagine <laughs> i hope not but here we are you know but then again maybe <laughs> um so where is it today you know and i guess it's probably a great place to stop our conversation yeah you know, what happens today where where are things at today and and how desperate is the situation and and, and where do they go from here
11: um I, i'll make a couple of points the pessimism in ukraine is unlike anything i've seen uh at any point until now and the reason is that you know, there's the physical trauma that's happening on the front lines. Yeah. Uh, uh, soldiers are coming back either in body bags or without you know limbs yeah. desperately wounded. And I you know we've done a lot of reporting on, for example, the the how um how wild and dangerous some of these frontline evacuations are. We embedded with one of these um, ambulances uh, from Eastern Ukraine into central Ukraine, where the hospital hubs are. So there's the physical uh, physical trauma side but I, I can't overstate the um, the grind mentally and psychologically that two years now going on to the third year of war that that takes on people that it's both cumulative and cascading it 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 travels from person to person this kind of sadness this kind of grief this kind of um This, this, all the, all the images and the videos and the stories you've heard, that all collects, and um, you know, people that I, that I met very early in the invasion, who I thought were just rock solid people, could never break. I'm starting to see them crack, and it's just a, it's just a horrific thing to see, to see how, you know, this wears on you, uh, and wears on people around you. Um, that that's that's one of the major things. So I, I think, on a military from a military perspective, um, you know, in order to do appropriate defensive or offensive operations, you need to have a baseline amount of ammunition. Um, from what I'm hearing online, the they don't have, they don't have it. Um, they don't have the tools they need, basic things. Um, and uh, it's hard not to point the it's hard not to point the finger at the United States. Like I said, the will to fight is there. I mean, the will to fight is as great as as any other fighting force I've I've seen. So that's not a matter of motivation. It's a matter of of whether they have the equipment and the resources they need to execute. And and when it comes to that, you know, I think the Ukrainians over time, they're going to need an explanation for why this happened, if it does go south. And... uh, I don't think they're going to blame themselves. I think they're going to blame the the, the uh, broken promises from folks in the West, and that's going to have terrible long term effects on Ukraine's relationship with the United States and other countries.
10: Well, and and I think other countries are watching. There, there are countries who are in the in the far, The countries that do border Russia, the countries that border China, and uh, you know even South Korea, you know they're they're watching and saying, you know, you know, when we have the will to fight. Do do our allies have the will to support us? Uh, historically, we have, but. When you see a Republican Party, especially, and that's we have we can't say Congress. I get mad when I see stories like, "Well, Congress, no, it's not Congress." This is
0: why you need to a handful me of
10: Republicans in. who have decided they want to, for reasons that are completely inexplicable to me,
1: uh, carry Russian water, uh, and it's going to cost
10: lives. So, well, Still, I appreciate your time, man. I know you're busy. I think you're traveling back to Ukraine again. Um, most importantly, where can our viewers?
1: You. That much is clear. And and they out, you, see your, see your yeah, they can. They can reach out at. at And send him so to the, the damn hague counter- And send so him to not the not- damn hague and War criminals a as a war criminal
11: newsletter where we go deep into human stories of folks undergoing the news, going through the. And that's how we try to break through this idea of you know so-called deep brain fatigue by writing these fascinating, deeply reported uh, stories. Yeah. Well,
10: appreciate you, man. Stay safe. Over no there. more you know, I, I weapons to for up, Israel. Man, thanks for everything you do. It's been great. You guys For those who are viewers that are Tim and I have no other for. I don't know. A
1: Exclamation point. Yeah,
10: right? and, uh, and here we are uh, in a different world. So, man, thanks for having you do and keep up the fight. Thanks so much for having me. All right, brother. Cheers.
9: Great Our
1: talk with Tim. Uh, you know,
10: I've known him for, like I said, as I mentioned at the I've known him for a long time. And, and this is a key moment for us. We cannot allow a few Republicans and others in Congress to undermine what needs to be done to save save our allies, help our allies, to defend against an abominable, evil man Give
0: Ukraine to Russia.
10: So thanks for joining us. As again, I'm Fred Wellman, host of On Democracy has been On Short Take. Uh, you can catch our show on the Midas Touch Network every Friday night at 11. Uh, be sure to catch new episodes. We've mm-hmm. got great ones coming up. An uh, incredible list of guests. Keep are watching. So folks, on Democracy, F.P. Wellman, on the Midas Touch Network every Friday night. Stay in mm-hmm. the fight, mm-hmm. folks. Demoxi's at hand. Thank you. First off, if you haven't made money with AI yet, don't worry. AI Select is the biggest
6: wealth-building opportunity in U.S. history. I'm James Alvashir, if you don't already know me.
0: Trying to... uh little I think they put they like uh put it aside or something cuz they're not it's not letting me um edit it okay. Is a bounty hmm. as yeah. <coughs> a bouncy, it says bouncy.
1: <laughs> so they're censoring me. Apparently, y'all are censoring me. Shame on you. I'm right. Grandpa Brandon is dragging out this conflict. He accepted Corporate Warhawk. He's turning, a blind eye, It's a better word, way to put it. Ethnic cleansing that Zionist PM Netanyahu is also fund a billion-dollar bounty on Putin, for his capture. Huge bounty on Putin to capture him alive. if I were president, if I were Biden. I would, uh, Defend itself, comma. But... Justice. would either would either betray our allies Palestinians.
0: Christopher Price, or like, I don't know, maybe that'll... Christopher
9: Price.
0: Apparently y'all are censoring me, shame on you, I'm right. You'll need to write me in for president because both of the two parties candidates are really not eligible or fit to serve as president. Obviously Diaper Donald is a lunatic where Whereas Grandpa Brandon is dragging out this conflict because he's a corporate war hawk. Y'all should know that. Brandon accepted the most donations of any politician in America from AIPAC, the pro-Israel lobby. So no wonder he's turning a blind eye to Netanyahu, Zionist, genocidal agenda. If I were Biden, I would get funds to help our ally defend itself, Ukraine. But also put out a huge bounty to capture Putin alive and send him to the International Criminal Court. Both of the so-called leaders of the Democrats and Republicans are what... Are either betray our allies or aid in Netanyahu's psychopathic agenda towards the Palestinians. We need a moderate woman like me who is tough on crime to be president so please get me on the ballot, Mighty's as mighty. Christopher Prez. Hmm. Okay, so I'm going to tweet that, I guess. Hey Mirka, this is your captain, Trista, for president speaking. Hey y'all, don't stay home. Go to the polls and write me in. C-R-I-S-T-A, award-winning educator and journalist. You're welcome. (laughs) Okay, so I'm gonna tag the Young Democrats. I don't know. College Dems and okay. NWPC nationwide <sighs> Democrats DNC. Rep Raskin Rep AOC Politico BBC News Welds Guardian, Hamlet Guardian, New York Times Politics, Washington Post Politics, Hmm. Politics Go. Mm, whatever That's good enough yeah they don't want anybody to speak out in, um against Israel. On, um, oh, this on Instagram, I just Monty. Facebook, see, and the BPC do not do (laughs) still. See if they'll just go with the turning stuff. Oh my god. 125 Republicans, including Speaker Mike Johnson, have co-sponsored a bill. H.R. 431 that would ban abortion and IVF treatments nationwide. Because apparently y'all are censoring me. Shame on you. I'm right. You'll need to write me in for president because both of the two parties candidates are really not eligible or fit to serve as president. Obviously Diaper Donald is a lunatic. Whereas Grandpa Brandon is dragging out this conflict because he's a corporate war hawk. Y'all should know that Brandon accepted the most donations of any politician in America from the AIPAC, the pro-Israel lobby, so no wonder he's turning a blind eye to Netanyahu's Zionist genocidal agenda. If I were Biden, I would get funds to help our ally defend itself, Ukraine, but also put out a huge bounty to capture Putin alive and send him to the International Criminal Court. Both of the so-called leaders of the Democrats and Republicans are what either betray our allies or aid in Netanyahu's psychopathic agenda towards Palestinians. We need a moderate woman like me who is tough on crime to be president, so please get me on the ballot. i Besides genocide.
2: Y'all, tonight at a rally in South Carolina, Donald Trump actually said this. These lights are so bright in my eyes that I can't see too many people out there. But uh, I can only see the black ones, I can't see any white ones, you see? That's how far I've come. (laughs) That's how far I've come. That's a long, that's a long way,
0: is it? are you laughing, dude?
2: Shot. We've all seen the mugshot. And you know who embraced it more than anybody else? The black population. It's incredible. You see black people walking around with my mugshot. You know, they do shirts <laughs> and they sell them for $19 a
10: piece. It's pretty amazing. Oh, uh, he always... Who is he? Hallie James Almost. He only... See, he, I see black people. Um... Uh, I just wondered, did, did he see his African-American out there in, 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 in the lights? What are the lights His one here? token like, African-American from Casting sneakers? Central. The black people he saw in the lights and asked for that mugshot. Come on now. See you think he's Biggie Smalls? America, please, please share with your Trump-loving friends. These clips, actually, they might like it. Have them understand why... What we just heard is so unbelievably racist, but also problematic for a democracy. That man should never be president of the United States again. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, Arizona homeowners.
8: (laughs) (laughs)
9: All right, in the
8: is it worth my time? with this you have
0: to Anderson, PAAK. Tell them
6: did you know there's an organization out there in the u.s that has paid songwriters over Mm -hmm. 1.5 billion dollars in just about three years if you're not a part of this organization and you don't have a publisher you're missing out on a lot of money if you have songs out of streaming services this organization is the mlc it's free for any songwriter to join if you don't have a publisher you need to be part of this organization just go to the mlc.com search for your songs on there if they're not there you can register a free account register your song Get your money. Did you know there's an organization out there in the U.S. that has paid songwriters over 1.5 no, billion million in just about... M.L.C.
0: ...years? If you're not a part of this
6: organization and you don't have a publisher, you're missing out on a lot of money if you have songs out on streaming services. This organization is the M.L.C., It's free for any songwriter to join if you don't
9: have (laughs) 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 (laughs)
0: Just <clears throat> for praise, photos, oops, three voted photo photos or videos. Let's see what it looks like. in this test a little bit, whereas Grandpa Brandon,
9: okay,
6: did you know there's an organization out there in the U.S. that has paid songwriters over well, 1.5 billion dollars in just,
9: no, <laughs>
0: Bro, <laughs> the guitar thing?